Good evening, welcome to NUFC Manager with me, Steve Wraith, John Gibson and Supermac. Good evening, chaps. Good evening, Steve. Hi, John. Hi, my old friend. Good to see you, lads. Good to see you. And as always, we're here uh, to take your questions and uh, listen to what you've got to say about uh, the last seven days at Newcastle United. And uh, Jordy Toomba Life has come straight in, lads, with a, an interesting thing, which is, is only really just breaking in the last 24 hours. And that's Jurgen Klopp uh, trying to manipulate the TV scheduling again. He says, evening, Steve, John and Super. Can you bloody believe Jurgen Klopp wanting the time or the match moved? He's asked BT Sports and the Premier League, and he has a big, expensive, talented squad. Rotation is the key. He says, does Jürgen not understand that fans plan weeks, if not months, for games, holidays from work, hotels, travel, etc. Now he wants our game or time changed to help Liverpool in Europe. And he really means it, uh, to, you know, basically to win the game. Jordi Tuberlake goes on to say, the Premier League title is not about Europe at all. What about the Toon fans' trip to Arsenal amid a big storm? BT wouldn't even delay the kickoff. Never mind trips to Everton and Southampton in a holiday period. He says, run over. He says, just get on with it or go back to Germany because we're pig sick of your constant moaning. Uh, Liverpool definitely ran over. <laughs> Great rant. We always enjoy a rant on this programme, John. And um, he is right, isn't he? Fans have got to come first, but they very rarely do. I was going to say, we've said for many a time fans have got to come first because they're the lifeblood of the game. Television isn't the lifeblood of the game. It might financially produce an awful lot, but the lifeblood of the game has got to be supported. And we aren't taking into consideration some of our games against Southampton, etc., etc., are obscene. The other thing I would like to stress, and I've stressed it in my column which goes in the Chronicle tomorrow morning uh, and really I was applying this to Leicester Steve us playing Leicester on Sunday they involved in Europe tonight but the same applies if you knock it forward to the Liverpool game they employed in Europe on Wednesday and then the players on the Saturday quite frankly uh, everybody says, oh, poor mites, they'll be tired, they've had a play in Europe, come back and then play again, etc., etc. That applies to Leicester for Sunday and it applies to Liverpool. I won't have any of it because when Newcastle United won their only European trophy, the European Fairs Cup, 1968-69, and here's a rant coming up to go with the rant we've just had, when we played there, we played every Wednesday and every Saturday. We played 12 games in Europe, home or away, that season. And what we've got to remember, the season went from August till June the 11th, the season, because that's when the second leg was played in Budapest. Now, in those days, and Malcolm will be aware of that, although it was just before he come to Newcastle, in those days, you only got one sub. 
Next season, you can have five subs on the pitch in the Premier League. You had one sub named and one sub come on. So your team didn't get any rest from substitutes. They played in squel either squelching mode or rooted pitches. You know what the pitches were like, Malcolm, going back to 69. Oh, I remember in very well. In the beginning of the 70s. And Joe Harvey picked his best team for every game Newcastle mm. United played, mm. regardless of the competition. In that season, we played in the first division, the European First Cup, the FA Cup and the League Cup. The first division was 42 games then, not 38. And Pop Robson played in every single competitive game we played that season. Every game in the in the league, the forty-two games in the league. Yes, and, the and twelve games in the first cup. Sure, that's an important point, John, because that's four more games than the clubs played. Absolutely, and and in the league cup that season, he played fifty-nine consecutive games in all competitions and scored thirty goals. Yeah, well, I I think one and two. And and over yeah. that sort of period of time, sure. Tommy Gibb played 58 of the 59. The one game he missed yeah. was the very first game of the season in the league because he was recovering from injury. So all this business of the poor souls get tired, isn't it going to be awful for Leicester on, on Sunday? Isn't it going to be awful for Liverpool when they come here? Sorry, Liverpool's got a star-studded squad that they can mix it with. Joe Harvey put the same teams out. And when Malcolm was here, Joe Harvey put the same teams out in the Texaco Cup. Before mm. we played in the yes. 74 Cup Final, we played the Texaco Cup Final. And there was one change from the team from the Texaco Cup to the FA Cup Final. So don't give me all this poor old Jurgen Klopp. His, his lads will be exhausted when they're playing this game. And poor old Leicester on Sunday because it, it wasn't that way when Newcastle had the greatest season in Europe ever. And so my sympathy is not with them. Get on with it, Liverpool. Yes, and, the, it, and John, the money these days is so different that, that ah. clubs, instead of going standard airlines, they hire their own plane. They, they privately charter. Oh, it's a, it's a different world, Malcolm. A yes, it is world. completely that... That, the, that we used to do long coach journeys, these days they fly from city to city to city. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, they, they want it each and every way. Um, you I'll know, tell you it, what, Malcolm, I'm off looking forward to the day when we are tired because we're playing in the Champions League, followed by the Premier League, yeah. followed by the Champions League. Well, I'm off looking forward to that at Newcastle and you won't get any Newcastle fans complaining about that, mate. No, absolutely. You certainly won't. But also, what I'd that Liverpool get through to one semi-final. The other side, Man City, they get through to the other semi-final. You don't hear a word from Pep Guardiola, not a word. Yeah. yeah. But clocks yeah. moaning all the time. So, so I, I think that uh, we all have one word for him: shut up. And 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 I won't for and I won't forget that these were the people, end of rant at the end of this sentence, these were the same people who were taking part in the European Super League, which was stuffing us completely. Um, yes. 
in the breakaway league and will benefit if UEFA, who are gutless, go down the road whereby you, you can get a wild card entry if you've got a good European history in future instead of new clubs for the Champions League, which would include Newcastle if they get there, could include sure. West Ham, etc. So they're stuck in the hands against us. So we are going to be dead sympathetic, aren't we? Uh, yeah, aren't we? Leicester, who in fairness haven't complained about Sunday. Yes, and also these complaints, they're sort of being directed at the Premier League when when Liverpool wanted to destroy the, the Premier League. Yeah, they were one of the... Just a short while the, back. So the Premier League, this is their glorious opportunity to tell them to, to stick it where the sun don't shine and get on with it. And, and, and they have a squad that's absolutely phenomenal. Their second team, their second 11, Malcolm, would beat a lot of Premier League first 11. Mm -hmm. Yes, they would. So, you know, just get on with it, pal. It's called the price of success. And by the way, we're coming to join you and hound you. <laughs> Alan Thompson, Alan, Alan Thompson must have read. I was just going to say though, yeah. if, if I may, sorry, Steve. I, um, I know you want to um, get it on red, but um, but just following on, um, I chose to to watch the Man City game. They were out of this world the way they took on um, uh, uh, Atletico Madrid. They really were. And and then the bully boy tactics came in and the really vicious stuff started. And still, um, that uh, they were able just to deal with it. And I thought that uh, Manchester City were absolutely magnificent. They really were. Yeah, super great performances uh, over the over the course of the Champions League uh, this week to be uh, to be honest looking forward to the two semi-finals Alan Thompson says question John and Malcolm it seems that UEFA are trying to get the Super League through the back door as I understand it from 2024 onwards going on historic performances surely a disgrace now based on based on those performances of course Newcastle would actually qualify which um, which I find which which I find bizarre considering we haven't been in Europe on a regular for many many years, um, you know the Alan Pardew years, of course, um, you know where we where we got into uh, you know we got in, in in via you know a high league place, but certainly weren't Champions League that that season. Um, but yeah, I mean, John, what what's your thoughts on this? It, it does look as if it, they're trying to go through the back door again. Yes, we're just getting revived yet again. What we were all up in arms about a few months back, and let's cut away from whether it's advantage to Newcastle and advantage to Liverpool and advantage to Man U, etc, etc. Let us have an even playing field. Let sides that do well be rewarded. Let hist History doesn't mean anything. History doesn't stop you from getting relegated out of the Premier League. Uh, we can't sort of come along and say, Oh, but we've won six FA Cups and we won the league, so it's back in the mists of time, and so we shouldn't go down. You should relegate Brentford or something. It would be quite ludicrous. There should be an even playing field, and those that do well get rewarded. Because we're losing sight of the fact that football is a wonderful sport, and the, you know what's wonderful about it? The romance of football, the romance that a small club 
of a side that's never had anything for youngs can suddenly go and do something. In Leicester, that's coming up here on Sunday, a perfect Indeed. example of that. When they Indeed. won the Premier League, wasn't that wonderful? And didn't every neutral supporter be thrilled to bits? Weren't all Newcastle fans saying, isn't that terrific? That instead of having it passed round between Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, the league is actually going to be won by somebody like Leicester City. I mean, that is that is the dream that every club's got to have. And the dream, going off on a tangent, that I was furious about, that Mike Ashley took away from us because he didn't allow us the dream because we knew we couldn't win a thing during his 14 years. Uh, football club supporters have got to be able to dream. Don't give them... It, this isn't a horse race where you give them a, a handicap, you know, because they... Or you give them a plus because they've got some history. Why should a club because it's got history, have any advantage over any other club. It is nonsense, should not be allowed to happen. Stop tinkering with football and let it be what it's been for all these years. It's served us well. Certainly has, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah very Watch. much so. I couldn't agree more with you, John. I, I think that... Uh, um, I, I, I think people are just trying to cement their positions, aren't they? Yeah. Come up with new ideas. Oh, yeah, and then I'm, all, yeah. I'm I'm a major part of it because I came up with it. And yeah, it, it's it, it it stood us in good stead playing playing the the, the varying um, divisions of football to each country and then playing European competitions. They've expanded in themselves and 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 are still doing so. Fine. Let, let that happen, but let us not stop what has made um, the, the national leagues um, so good. And they are and good, by heavens. What, what we've got to remember, Malcolm, as well, is what we've got to remember when we won the European First Cup, which become the UEFA Cup, the number two European uh, championship, whatever name it, it is under at that time. When we won that, we had no history in Europe whatsoever. We right. won it in our first season in Europe. We Why give us a penalty? Because it was our first season in Europe. Mm -hmm. Newcastle mm -hmm. went into Europe under Joe Harvey for the first time in their history oh. and won the competition and stayed in for three successive seasons during that time. And only in the last season did they actually get knocked out legit. They, they, when they went out in the previous two seasons, it was either on away goals or on penalty shootout. They were never beaten over two legs mm -hmm. by a number of goals. We were rookies, complete and utter rookies in Europe, playing great European sides like Fionnord that had a huge history, like Glasgow Rangers that had a huge history, um, all the way through to Uspestos at the, at the end. And would beat them all. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what football's supposed to be about? Isn't that excitement? I mean, I, although it chokes me, and it'll no doubt choke Malcolm, I can at least see the romance in Hereford beating us. From mm. Hereford's point of view, mm. from my point of view, I want to go and stick needles in my eyes. But I can <laughs> see why it's wonderful for the neutral in football. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brilliant stuff. Okay, I, I wouldn't recommend that at home, by the way. Do not stick needles in your eyes, people. <laughs> um, but, no, it, it does bring tears, to, Steve, I can tell you. Sean tried it once, he didn't like it. Um, I've got to, we've got to talk about this, Gibbo. I know I'm, I'm, I'm banking on the fact that you know one of you or both of you will have watched this programme last night on BBC Two. It was a new documentary on Gaza. Uh, um, and it was on BBC Two. Um I've got to be honest, lads, it was an emotional roller coaster, that. Um, and I mean, we all know the story inside out. We've all met Paul on numerous occasions and had the had the you know, had the the enjoyment of being in his company. We've all seen him play in some way, shape, or form. Um, but that documentary was raw and it was part one last night was raw, it was uh, peeled back. Um, John, what was your views? What was your views on, on last night's documentary? I, I watched it last night because he's been a very special part of my life and I think he has of most Jolies and of certainly of yours, Steve, and Mal remembers him as a player so well. But, you know, I went out and stayed with him in Rome when he played for Lazio. Uh, have some wonderful <laughs> memories of Dunstan Excelsior and Carol and John, his parents and his sisters. It was raw because it was wonderful to see the cheeky chappy again, wasn't it? The cheeky chappy that originally started with all the edge, with all the infectious grins, with all the the fun, the naive fun, because he was naive. But it become utterly raw because you see what you had and then you see what happens. And I think next week's going to be even more raw because it's going to be more on the downward slide mm -hmm. than, than last night was, which was initially about the, the, the fun guy that started to make it with Newcastle and Spurs and up to, uh, to Bobby Robson. I mean, it's not the same in terms of illness, etc., etc. But another of my ultimate, ultimate sporting heroes was Muhammad Ali. And I knew him and his absolute pomp when he was this superstar that was quite unique. And then you saw the Ali that struggled with life and with everything else afterwards. And you, you think to yourself, it's too big a price to pay. And this has been too big a price to pay with... Um, with Paul, and I know it's a very different thing. I'm not trying to compare the illnesses, but there are illnesses involved in this. It was a very raw thing, but I wanted to hang on last night to some of the early stuff, the fun stuff, the sparkly-eyed guy, the cheeky grin, the naughty aside to a camera, the audacious stuff that he produced on a football field, because that memory will stay with me for the rest of time. In a way, I had the same memory, but not so personal, because the guy wasn't a jury when I saw the rise and then the fall and the fall of George Best. And I worked a lot with him in his time, with George in his time, and it become a tragic figure. And I prefer to remember George Best and his pomp at Manchester United, and I prefer to remember Gaza and his pomp at Newcastle, at Spurs, less, a bit more fleetingly at Lazio, his great moments with England. That's the guy I remember, and I'm thankful for having lived through that period and saw a unique football and talent, because this guy was as unique as you can get. I mean, can you think of another Geordie footballer, for example, outside of Bobby Charlton, say, who was anywhere near as talented as this guy? Um, 
hugely, immensely, immensely talented. Brought a lot of um, joy to so many people. His own worst enemy. And every and a lot of his downfall were hangers-on who purported to be friends. Um, and, and not all. He had some loyal friends, but he, he had a lot of hangers-on. And when he went to London, it was a different ball game because it's showbiz and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I prefer to remember the guy I saw at the beginning of that programme. But it was raw. But I couldn't not see it, Steve, because it was part of the life that I lived through. Indeed. Yeah, Malcolm, you, you, did you manage I, to catch it? I didn't catch it, no. Um, but my wife and I had planned to watch it over the weekend together because she knew Gaza far better than I did. Um, that uh, when she had the, the bar restaurant in Newcastle, Reds, that uh, that he he would um, come up from when he was a Spurs player or come over from Italy, isn't it? And, and he would go into the... It, it, into the place and uh in, in, and he's he spent many many nights doing the djing for her and he just loved it um and and so she got to know him ever so well and she was <laughs> she was always reining him back saying don't you dare go and do that don't you dare go and talk to that person. and he always and he always dared to do it malcolm that no he was, did always i did exactly the same look pal don't you and as he said fleetingly last night, if anybody said to him, don't do that, or you can't do that, he said, I've become obsessed with doing it. And, and that, yeah. that that was the way the, the lad was. But, um, yeah, raw viewing, happy memories. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. I, I, I was walking along on the top floor of the boxes at uh, St. James Park after a game one one time about oh this was about about f four five six years ago maybe more and um and coming towards me is peter beardsley and behind him was paul gascoigne and believe it or not i'd never met paul gascoigne up until that time we had never actually um met to speak and um and so i i i, I said uh, hello to to peter and and then and said uh, hello gaza lovely to to see you and he just went, mm. and what I didn't realize was that I had been his hero when when he was a kid. And this is how Peter Beardsley explained it to me. He said, and he just goes speechless when he meets his heroes. And you maybe have, have met that once or twice, John, as well, when you spent time with him. Absolutely. And, and, and Absolutely. so Peter... Uh, uh, Gazza and I have never exchanged words because he, he just goes speechless. <laughs> I can't have a conversation with the lad, but bless him. Um, I, I, I do remember uh, when Fulham manager and, and Gazza played one time uh, and he was absolutely different class. Oh, I mean, what, what a player. He, he, he was... I think that you were right that there is only one comparable player to Gaza, and that was George Best. Yeah, when when you say Malcolm about uh, you know seeing him and that, I'm just thinking of that corridor. And if you've got Supermark, the number nine legend Beardsley, as good as you've ever gotten in in a Newcastle United shirt, in Gaza, all in the one uh, all in the one corridor, they should 
shoot off both ends, not let anybody out, and that yeah. and bottle it because that is the epitome of what Newcastle United are all about. And yes, it, and, yeah, you know, I think we only lacked Alan Shearer. Yeah, we would let Shearer in, that's fair yeah. enough. I would have that, <laughs> I, I would let him pop in, and then I'd make certain the door was not only locked but bolted about seven times because, mm. and then we would try to bottle that and sell it as that is the essence of Newcastle yeah. United. Steve says, uh, hi, Steve, Malcolm and John. Thanks for last weekend's talking. Well worth the eight hour round trip in the car to meet you guys in person. Oh, that's lovely. I, I remember, yes, I remember him at, at the Marlborough, which, was, which yes. was lovely. And it was lovely to reminisce with him. And he remembered so many things out the past, which just triggered me off when he was talking to me about them. It's, yeah. uh, it's always good. To meet people like that, and there's so many of them, and down the years you come across them. Tremendous warm moments it was a good day. That, and if anybody out there runs a bar or has a football club they want to raise funds for, give me a shout. And uh, me, Malcolm, and Gibbo, and Holly, I'm sure we'll come down and be able to do something similar for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a great time, really good show. And uh, anybody looking to put on a show like that, give me a shout on social media. Uh, or drop us an email at nufcmatters.com and uh, we will uh, certainly oblige. John uh, says, big thank you to Malcolm for recommending the Harbour View. Me and the missus stopped for fish and chips on the way back from Anik today. Ten out of ten. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> well, and if, they, if they're from Anik and they are complimenting fish and chips from elsewhere than Anik, then it, it, it's really got to be good, hasn't it? I think they just went to Anik for the day and they've come back and they've decided to go there on your recommendation. So oh, you need right. to get commission off the Harbour View, Malcolm. Pop in tomorrow <laughs> and get oh, that. Well, uh, yeah, uh, believe out. me, it's it's a trip never wasted. David Cook says, what is uh, Supermax's favourite game for Newcastle? He says, mine was his home debut, hat-trick, and I still have my Supermax silk scarf. Oh, bless you. Um Yes, I suppose that that uh, that game. It was very special. Um, it was certainly a way of introducing myself to um, to the Geordie faithful um, on the terraces at St James Park. So, uh, uh, and and it was it was a wonderful occasion and against a very very good side, beating them three two, um, and. Uh, uh, I, I would have just liked to have stayed on for the full 90 minutes, though. Um, and for those who are too young, maybe, to to remember. But <laughs> I wasn't sent off, no. Far from it. No, uh, Rick, Clement, Rick Clements rearranged your face, I think, Michael. Uh, yeah, he did. He certainly with, did, yeah. With yeah. his boot. <laughs> I mean, my memories of Malcolm, because I was privileged enough to be in the press box uh, because... During Malcolm's time, I was covering Newcastle full time. There's so many. I mean, that one, yes, because that announced them fully. We knew what we had after watching the Liverpool game. But, you know, Newcastle have never won things, and you would know this, Steve, in recent years, at Wembley. So it was never Wembley Cup finals that have stuck in my memory. It is Wembley semi finals when we mm-hmm. won them to get to Wembley in the elation and knowing you're going to have that great day. So, 74, when we beat Burnley uh, at Hillsborough in the semi-final, 2-0, Malcolm scored both goals. Wonderful time as well. 
uh, there were special moments without them being special occasions, like a home debut in an FA Cup semi-final. Terrific goal, Malcolm, that you scored when you swiveled, hit it on your right foot at Bolton against Bowie Against mm. Bowie Siddle just before half time. Everybody yes. was jumping about it all the way at, at half time. And um, for being proud, I quite enjoyed being at Wembley when he scored all five in England and <laughs> uh, won a European. I found yeah. that quite uh, quite good. Um, but uh, there were an awful lot of days in those days because I was on about Pops going 30 goals that particular season mm. when we won the first cup. Malcolm had a He was so goal. underrated, wasn't he? Oh, I think he is the best non-England player. Yes. Certainly he never got into a, a squad, a did he? Sorry? Well, he never got into a squad. No. No, no, he, he you know, never mind the, actually playing for England. He he, he no. never actually was picked for a squad. He which played I at found... the age levels, Malcolm, the under-23s, as it was in those days, but he never did. And, I mean, yeah. not only did he do wonderful at Newcastle when he was a very young player, but when you think of what he did at West Ham, when mm -hmm. Hugo was playing there and all the big yes. stars were playing then, you know, the, the, the career he had down there... Um, it's quite staggering, really, but I, I think that, uh, yeah, uh, he's the unluckiest guy never to get an England cap, and he sure. was he was startling. Mm -hmm. Yes, startling. you mentioned um, a while back the um, the semi final uh, at Hillsborough against Burnley, Aye. and I I sort of finished up getting all the plaudits, and and I really did feel quite quite sorry. Uh, for William McFall, the Newcastle goalkeeper, because he had been absolutely amazing, incredible um, in the uh, first half. The saves that he was pulling off, Burnley, were they were absolutely different class that day, the way they played. And he broke their hearts. And, yeah, uh, and they right. came out for the second half and and again, they just started battering us. They had us penned back in the eighteen-yard box, um, and they and they and he was just making save after save, tipping them over the bar. Good heavens! It and was, then all of a sudden, of course, um, two forward balls, and and away I went. Scored two goals. Thank you very much. But he really was the star man, Willie, at the back. A tale of two supermax. It was that game. Yeah, Max it really was McDonald's. that day. And funny enough, Malcolm, he did exactly the same in the second leg of the European First Cup final in Budapest when he played Uspest on his own first half. Really? Um, and we were two down at half time, but three two up on aggregate. Mm. And it would have been six. The game was over without Willie McFall. And then we came away second half there and got the result. Uh, if you have first half performer, um, like the goalkeepers, you get swallowed by the goal score in the second half. Yes, yeah, that, <laughs> yes, that, um, yeah, that, that's always sadly the way, isn't it? And Willie yeah. Will got swallowed twice, but I'm certain he's got uh, he's got a lot yeah. of memories. But, yeah. but also, also, bless him, Willie. Can you ever imagine the bad luck birth of somebody who was born not long after Pat Jennings? <laughs> in the same country. Can, yes, 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, Northern Ireland weren't blessed with a, a huge amount of, of world-class superstars outside of, say, best team, Pat Jennings. And Pat Jennings, a goalkeeper, had to come along at the same time as Willie McFall. Yes. Can you imagine also, New, by the way, they, I mean, we signed Willie McFall. I think he played against England in just one. But we signed Willie McFall for Newcastle, where he had this wonderful career, stayed on as a coach and become the manager, manager. of the team. And we played Lingfield, his club in a friendly, and he let in seven goals and we signed him. How many times have you done that with a goalkeeper? Well, I'd never. His audition for Joe Harvey was to keep picking the ball out the back of the net. <laughs> but he came to Newcastle and had a wonderful career. But there you go. Yeah. Right, so funny old game, saying. <laughs> exactly. Some great stuff, uh, some great memories. Keep your questions coming in. We've got uh, half an hour to go uh, of the programme. And uh, as I say, it's an interaction show. If you've got anything you want to ask Malcolm or if you've got anything you want to ask John, uh, then fire the questions over and we will get through as many as we can. And um, I have uh, got another sabbatical next week. I am off, but we have managed to record, wait for it, Malcolm and John's Dream Teams. And uh, believe you me, it is well worth tuning in to both of those programmes next week uh, to hear who the guys have picked. Uh, it was fascinating, to be honest, uh, to we hear the, the wise and wherefores. We did it separately, Steve, didn't it? There's mm. two sides. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, exactly. Listening, listening to the two separate teams and two separate programs next week. Um, the both, the, the both had to have a separate program. I've got to be honest, and um, I'm really pleased that we did it that way. Oh, and Big, just uh, looking back, John, um, mm. I, 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 when, as I was sort of penning this the team out, and it took me quite a while to do it, you know, Absolutely. deciding on, on which player to which position and who to leave out and uh, and what have you. Uh, but but all the wonderful memories that came flooding back. Ah, it as, was a joy, Malcolm. It. it was yeah, an absolute it, joy yes. to sit there. And I, I mean, my subs bench is a sensational team. Yeah, nice. don't, don't give to a, don't give anything away. Don't no, I'm not going to give anybody. I'm just saying as a generalisation, my subs bench was as great as the team because Newcastle. Oh. You know, when you, especially if you've lived as long as me, you ought to be. If I'd been a horse, I would have been put down long ago. But I mean, you know, I go back and watch Newcastle in the fifties, Malcolm, as a as a young lad, a fan. So that includes from the 50s FA Cup sides when I was a little lad in grey shorts. And by the way, I was a little lad. I wasn't 26 in grey shorts. I wasn't Gilbert O'Sullivan. Uh, when I was a little lad watching Newcastle Air all the way up to Newcastle today, it's quite a landscape to pick your, your team from. And it was a wonderful... I had as much fun doing that and submitting it to Steve before I did the show with Steve and then had the great fun for an hour trying to justify my selection. A lot of fun. Great moments, those. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward. And we're not going to give away any uh, hints either of us because that would spoil the programme. But we did it totally independent, Malcolm, didn't we? Mm. I didn't know what your yeah, I have no was. idea what your side is, no, John. Exactly. You were, both so a bit you were both a bit naughty. You were the amount of subs you had, John. And uh, I'm not going to say anything, but Malcolm was a bit naughty on the management front. But I'll leave that till next week. You'll enjoy it, folks. <laughs> Make sure you tune in By to both way, of them. I would just like to say, Mr. Wirth, that Malcolm and I have always enjoyed being naughty. 
<laughs> well, we know that. We certainly <laughs> have, yes. Big thanks to the sponsors, Spider Miner, worldwide coverage from the lads, the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy, and it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks, Gareth and Nathan. Uh, thank you to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191 and to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to John at qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend, Newcastle, and the guy who runs our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to Kai. Meet the new game over screen. Drop into a Clear Run device near you. Available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearrun.game. Thanks to jabsignature.co.uk and to Media Arts. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner. You can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, which is really important. It does help us. Click share, share to your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and other podcast providers usually goes up 24 hours after the show. If you want to become a member, then go to our, members, uh, our website, nufcmatters.com, and you can register on there or put your phone over the QR code, and it takes you straight to the membership section. You get a cup, uh, a pen, a membership card, a scarf, and entry into the monthly draw. And our next member's monthly draw will be tomorrow night on The Three Amigos. Uh, if you want a car sticker, then just get in touch with John at the website. I ping you on out as long as you are a subscriber. Don't forget, Malcolm will be at the Dog and Parrot this weekend, uh, prior to the game and after the game with Holly. Holly will be taking over my duties this weekend and midweek for the Palace game as well. So get yourself down to the Dog and Parrot. It's free. Kids are welcome. Good beer, good food, and uh, good crack. Get yourself down there. And we also support the Food Bank and UFC fans. Foodbank.co.uk is the website where you can go to the virtual match day bucket and make a donation. All donations are welcome. Don't forget as well, we keep giving a shout out to the women's game, which takes place on the 1st of May, uh, two o'clock kickoff against Barnsley Women. The first time the women's team will have played at St. James's Park. So get yourself along. It's only £3 a ticket. Well worth going along to support. And uh, last few tickets available before this is drawn tomorrow for the signed Alan Shearer 260 dinner ball. Uh, tickets were limited to 99 and you can enter now at nufcmatters.com. You've got to be in it to win it. And just a shout out to the current affairs show that I do, which is on straight after this, 7 o'clock till 8. Uh, tonight we will be asking, uh, what is in your wardrobe? Now, that's uh, yeah, What is the oldest thing in your wardrobe? That would be a good question for John and Malcolm, actually. And um, we'll also be looking at, uh, <laughs> would, you, would you use the new app that's just been released today where you can photograph people who are speeding and report them. Uh, would you use it? Would you do that? Uh, also talking about other things in the news today, but join us 7 o'clock straight after this show. Andrew Game, Lee Pablo Davies, uh, Patricia Devlin and Cookie will be joining me tonight uh, to discuss those topics and whatever else you want to talk about tonight. Okay, back on to the uh, comments and... Um, Blue Rhythm Boys is interested in whether you've been stopped in the street, Mal, as much when you retired as when you were playing. Um, he says, question for Mal, would you say you got stopped more in your playing days or in the years since? 
Uh, was the football because football is a celebs thing back in your day? He says, I guess George Best was. Any others? Well, interestingly, my dad used to get stopped as George Best quite a bit back in the day. Um, <laughs> I'm glad to see not in his older days. Uh, but yeah, Malcolm, is, I mean, celebrity, it's something you have to deal with more and more as a player. Um, you know, were, were you were you were you harassed and hassled as much when you were I would, younger? Steve, I would never say that I was harassed um, at all, not in the slightest. I, I've always found um, Newcastle fans um, certainly very much in the main um, to to, uh, to be polite, um, and uh, 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 and I've never, I've never, I, I I can never remember or recall at all having any real ugly moment. Um, I, I have done elsewhere outside of Newcastle, but. Uh, Certainly, never within the city, and um, and and usually people they're they're very polite and uh, and and it's their enthusiasm that comes over. Always that enthusiasm for the, for Newcastle United for the football that the team plays and what have you, and you can't help but love that because if 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 you want it in the stadium, and all footballers do want that crowd participation when you're outside of the stadium you have you have to go with it in the in very much the same way and it's a chance for you to repay the supporter for all the for all the good they've done for you um and uh i and i always feel that it's that it's vitally important and certainly back in the 70s that we would have meet and greet sessions um organized so that that people would come to the ground or we would go to events, um, meet, greet, sign autographs and what have you. Um, and, and we were more than happy to do it. It was a, it was a public relations thing. I'm not so sure that that happens so much these days at all and hasn't happened over the, uh, uh, over, over recent uh, two or three decades. But, uh, it, I, and, and when I became a manager, I was very much, uh, um, I was very keen for the players to acknowledge supporters, um, that uh, not just acknowledge them in the grounds, but outside the grounds as well. Um, and so uh, even to the point where I organised events um, in, in, the, in the big entertainment room at uh, Craven Cottage, um, so, so that and players were there, and and so that there could be um, a two-way thing between supporters, um, and it wasn't just players up on the stage, but but um, that was for a while. But then we would stop that, and everybody would would get down and and join in. And in actual fact, at Fulham, and this this isn't such a bad thing for any club, but I think they'd hate to do it. The players would hate it. But at Fulham, we never had a players' room. After the game, the players went um, it, 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 um, in, into this main um, big area where, where all, and it was full of supporters. And, and so after a game, they went in there and, and they took the comments and the feelings of supporters um, uh, for, for what they were worth. Um, you know, and, and you, you, you're not winning all the time, so you have to take it. You know, people a bit of criticism from people, 
Um, but I wanted the players to experience all of that. Um, and I think they came out better people for it. Um, but these days, I'm afraid that... Uh, I don't know whether it's the vast money that players earn or what, but uh, there, there isn't that contact between supporters and players. And I, and I find it quite sad. Yeah, OK. 15 minutes to go. Tom Dixon asks, John... Um... We're being linked with Christian Eriksen, who, of course, is just signed for Brentford. Uh, would you take him next season? Yes, yes, I would. Um, he, he had a major problem, which was none of, of his doing. Uh, he survived it, and weren't we grateful for that? But you, that, that crystallizes your memories of him, your mind, and. The guy I've seen playing for Brentford, thankfully after we played Brentford, his debut was against us, but it was only as a sub and he hadn't time mm -hmm. to torture us. Uh, yes. But he's tortured other sides and he's scored for Denmark. Um, yes, I would take him. And you know why? Because quality is something that uh, mm. is forever. Um, yeah. Form passes you. Form comes and goes. Quality is forever. He's sure, and he's right. and he's turned, and he, he because Brentford they went on a really bad run, didn't they? Oh, and, Brentford and might have gone down. Turned that round. Brentford might have gone down. Yes, uh, but they've, and I don't think it for one second it's all down to just Ericsson's own performances, but it's a fact that what rubs off on other people. Of course, got it does. A star inside yeah. the football club, he, he is. Uh, he walks with an assurance. He's, it's it's not all panic, panic. And I think that people like Tony, who's got so much potential, has benefited as a team. And I'm yeah. certain that when Brentford stay up, and they will, as we will, uh, they will privately, their supporters and the manager will say, what was the turning point? And it would be bringing Ericsson into the club. I think so, it yes. It doesn't mean it was a one-man show. It just changed the whole dynamic. The yeah. same as we would end up saying, Malcolm, what was the change that's turned around Newcastle from the diabolical uh, T uh, squad we were in the first half of the season to what we are now? And the answer is not one person. The answer is the January transfer window. Mm. Because getting Trippier getting uh, Dan Byrne, getting Target, getting Bruno, what a player he is. Mm -hmm. And yes, the contribution of uh, Wood. January turned us around. Um, yes. So there are significant things happening there. That's what happened with Brentford. But if if, if I were to single one person out, I would I would single Trippier just for his effect on 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 how the mental state of the players were. And I saw him lifting people. He I was think, absolutely yeah. lifting them. He, um, he, and he, he would, uh, um, he, he would give an order out or, or something. But then I, what I noticed was he would go and he would explain why he did it, for what reason it was done. Um, and so uh, all of a sudden, um, players, they were all, sort of mentally getting together and yeah. which is important if you're going to do it um physically playing the game it's interesting malcolm i think you're absolutely spot on the initial the january transfer window revolutionized us 
Yes. Initially through Trippier, who come in, took charge of the whole situation, scored two wonderful free kick goals, and since his injury has come continued to have an input off the park, which was big. It was then picked up by Dan Byrne, who didn't play mm. at the start with because he'd come with an injury. And he is as big as Gray's Monument. He's got a massive Geordie heart and he's closed the barn door at the back, uh, Spurs being the exception. So his input's been great. And then I'll tell you what, Bruno is the future of this club. Yes. His input we're just now seeing with because we're talking... Burn is terrific at the back because he's got a heart the size of, of a frying pan. Bruno is terrific because he's got the quality and he's got a big heart anyway, but he's got quality. So the signings that we've got Target, we had a terrible problem at left back uh, until Target come in. And by the way, didn't Aston Villa get it wrong because the guy they signed from uh, Everton's turned out to be as much use as his last eye and yeah. we've got Target. Uh, so we have had a very good January. I just hope, guys, we have as good a summer as we had in January. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, last 10 minutes. We'll take one more question before we look ahead to Leicester and get the lads' predictions. Um, we'll go with this one. We haven't had one from uh, Mainston for a while. Gents, do you think we will have a push for the top six or eight this summer with the quality signings? Surely with the wealth, we should be going city style and next level. Silva, Aguero, all captured uh, when young. So, yeah, I mean, John, is, is that is that what you think we will do uh, in the summer? Do you think we'll go for a Rubinho kind of signing, a, a marquee signing, and 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 you know a few more solid ones to to add to what we did in January and, and push on for Europe? I think we've got to be careful who the marquee signing is. We've got to be careful that a marquee signing it completely buys in to this club and what we're trying to do and isn't coming here for a big payday. I wouldn't want Rubinho, uh, what he did at Man City. I think he was half a mistake, not totally, but half a mistake for City. Um, you've got... I want us to sign more people like Bruno yeah. uh, because he will be... A if, if he was not considered a marquee signing when he come to Newcastle... And he wasn't in the in the outside world, then he was very quickly gonna be. Um, and I'm staggered that we got a clear run of them when the Champions League sides should have been biting together mm -hmm. at him as well, because he was a current Brazilian international. I want us to sign Trippier was a marquee signing, for goodness sake. He was he just played for England in a in, in a championship final. He just won La Liga with Atletico Madrid and he come to Newcastle United what, and with the right attitude and the right dedication. Mm. That is what is important. We don't want to sign... It sounds ludicrous and we never would, but we don't want to sign Neymar. Neymar come here, he'd have a big cigar out and, and, and he would be on the beach at Whitley Bay trying to find the sun. We we don't want somebody like that. We want somebody that'll go out and do the job and get the job done. We've got to sign quality this summer and we've got to sign them first. We have got to sell after we've bought. We've got to, it's mm -hmm. no good saying, well, we'll get rid of Murphy and we'll get rid of Almiron and we'll get rid of Longstaff and we'll get rid of uh, whoever. 
uh, in a, a couple of the goalkeepers and, and Gale. You can't get them all out before you get somebody in, That's else right. you might get caught well short. Yeah. Let us get them in. Let us get them in early, early in the summer, not like Ashley used to do in the last few days of the transfer market, and then let us ship out those we need to ship out. Let's do it properly. We did it properly in January, and we had a little bit of a panic because we got trip here early, and then we wondered what deals were coming through, and the, the manager didn't, Emery didn't come, and then a couple of centre-halves didn't come, but we ploughed on, ploughed on. And by the time the transfer window closed, the new owners had got it right. Let's do it right again this summer and make a huge step forward. Yes, let's look. We've got to look to be from 10 upwards next season and have a real pop at winning one of the domestic trophies because they are winnable. And we've got to have a stepping stone. And the first trophy we get is not going to be the Premier League. We've got to get trophies before that. And we've got to get the FA Cup or the League Cup. Let's have a real pop at that in finishing between 10 and 6. OK, if we fail on both accounts, let's fail narrowly. But you've got to have ambition. You've got to set your stall out pretty high. If you set your stall out to be 12th, you'll finish 13th. <laughs> yes. You set your stall out higher. Aim high, always. Absolutely. Yes, aim, aim high, John. Um, what what I would add to that is that if Bruno is the benchmark, that's, that is what um, Eddie Howe should be saying to the people going out scouting. That is the kind of player I want to fill these positions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, his... Not only his ability to play the game and and his enthusiasm, but um, uh, but but also all the other attributes that he's that he's got. You you can see he's just absolutely dying to make a really good side around him. Sure. Uh, and and he's young, and so if if you can if you can build, you we've got that bit of experience around the side. If we can put a few youngsters, quality of Bruno in in, and let them let them burgeon and become a complete side over, over next season, my word, mm. dear me, where, where on earth would it stop? Exactly, it, it would be absolutely wonderful to to just be witness to it all. Yeah, uh, Ian Wilson, welcome. This is the first time I've watched this show. It's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on. We do seven shows a week, but uh, Gibbo and uh, Malcolm are together on a Thursday night. So uh, make sure you uh, uh, bookmark that and uh, get yourself back um, next week, or two shows next week when they do the, the Dream Teams. Leicester City at home then, 2.15 kickoff, uh, live on uh, Sky Sports. Uh, it's in James's Park. The game is completely sold out. Get yourself along to the Dog and Parrot at 12 o'clock to see Malcolm and Holly. Mick Lowe's might make a, a guest appearance as well. He is up for the game. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed he can get get along to see. There are injury doubts over Ryan Fraser and Joe Willock, but anyhow, will fill us in more uh, when he has his pre uh, when he has his press conference prior to the game. As for Leicester, well, they're in action tonight. They're currently losing one 0 in Europe. Uh, we do know that Wilfred and Diddy is missing due to injury. 
and Jamie Vardy will also be unlikely to feature. He's had a, a injury hampered season. There is still a doubt over a Jose Perez as well, but he hasn't featured much either for mm. Leicester. The yeah, referee absolutely. is Jared Gillett. Um, this will be second game in charge at St James's Park this season. Uh, he was in charge following the one league league cup victory over Blackburn Rovers last season. VAR uh, will be Lee Mason. Um, okay, Gibbo. Um, four games unbeaten at home, uh, which is you know first time we've done that since 2018-19 season. Are we going to extend the run, John? Yeah, we've got to hope so. The the four wins, four wins on the trot at home. Three of them have been by a single goal, one goal margin. You know, one little two one. The third one was against Everton, which was 3-1, but the third goal come very close to the end of the game, which means they've been tight games. The reason why they're tight games, we all know, is because we have a problem currently with scoring enough goals. Um, in those four games where we've had four... In the last four games we've had, sorry, we've scored two goals only, and both of them were set pieces, a free kick and a penalty. So we're not scoring from open play and we're scoring from set pieces. This is part of the building bricks. I'm not complaining. We were going down at the beginning of the season. We were big time going down at the beginning of the season. We're even going down January when we were second bottom and we got knocked out the FA Cup at home by a League One side, Cambridge. So the rise from the dead has been phenomenal. The only concern I've got is the lack of goals to be able to make us turn that four-match winning run at home into six by beating Leicester and by beating Crystal Palace. Both mm. are winnable to us. Can we score the goals to make us win? Outside of Spurs, when we got done five because we went back to the bad old days, the defensive cope well. We don't let more than one goal in <coughs> a game, so that means we're always in the game. And... Um, I mean, if we beat, if we can beat Leicester by a one-goal margin, which is what we've been doing, I don't care if it's an absolute wonder goal like Bruno scored against Southampton. And by the way, that was not goal of the month. It was not goal of the season. It's probably goal of this century because we're, we're only 20 years into it. It was absolutely wonderful, audacious. I don't care if the winner against Leicester is that or it's an OJ of somebody's backside. <laughs> it does not matter one iota. It's three more points. It's the one keep going. Um, we owe Leicester because I was on about what a horrible start of the season we had, guys. And we went 50, it was 15 games before we got our first home win in the league. That spells relegation in six foot high letters. We beat Burnley 1-0, scraped it in a tension of a game, and then we went to Leicester the following week. They didn't have Vardy, the way they won't have Vardy on Sunday. They lost Johnny Evans, that kingpin at the back, within six minutes, but they still took us out 4-0 with three goals coming in the second half. That was another reality check after the Burnley win. So we owe them and we owe ourselves. But I tell you what, the 12th man could win it. I've said who will score for Newcastle. The 12th man will score for Newcastle, which is the crowd. They have dragged us over that finish line at St. James's Park time and again recently. What's going to happen? 
I'm going for another defy all the odds. We don't score goals, but somehow we're going to win by a single goal. Okay, Mal, what about you? All right. If I were Eddie Howe, um, I, I would be saying, hey, come on. Let's, let's get Leicester beat. And with those three points, we're, we're going to be well clear of the relegation area. We can start to enjoy the last bit of the season. Newcastle have played in every single game so far under the threat of relegation. This is a wonderful opportunity to to get that off our backs, and 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 when that happens, the players will find themselves enjoying the game a, a huge lot more without that kind of pressure, and it just sits on your head and it squashes you down. Um, so, I, I, I really am looking forward to seeing Newcastle going for that, uh, and and uh, and. Uh, getting the rabbit off our backs, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take, um, I'm, I'm gonna take uh, Newcastle to win two one. Okay, great stuff. I'm gonna go for uh, a one one draw, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm gonna be missing, of course, for a week, so I missed two home games. I'm gutted, but uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, as always, absolute pleasure to spend uh, a, a time with you guys, and I uh, look forward to catching up with you on my return. All right, so, good journeying. Stay Take care. Good. Have a good and uh, right, stay good we'll, week. We'll cheer the boys on for you, pal. <laughs> All right. Take yes, care, <laughs> and I'll see you Sunday, John. Absolutely, my friend. Take care now. Bye. Bye-bye.